0: The thing about time is, you know, once it's gone, it's gone. So, you know, sleep is great, but how much sleep do you need? So if if I go to bed at, you know, 10 o'clock at night, I can get up at 5 a.m. And um, while other people are sleeping, I'm beginning to build my, into myself. So that's where I do my the things that are going to propel my future. Welcome to Young and Adulting, a podcast of the Young Adults Community at Christ Fellowship Church. Our hope is to create a safe place for authentic conversation around the ins and outs of life as we all try to navigate following Jesus in the world we live in today. Thanks for joining us and welcome to the conversation.
1: All right, well, welcome to another episode of the Young and Adulting podcast. We're here in this series called How To, where we are helping you know how to live an abundant life over the top, the life you've always wanted to live. And I'm joined today by a pastor, a leader, a mentor, a friend. It's Pastor James Duvall. Thank you so much for being on the podcast with us today.
0: Oh, man, it's my uh, pleasure. And I've been looking forward to just hanging out and talking how to today. How to. Yeah.
1: We're talking about how to manage our time, but this is not your first time Hanging out with us on the the podcast. The uh last time that you were with us, we talked about uh, I think the year was 2020. Yep. You read how many books? Uh seventy-seven. Seventy seven yeah. books. Uh 2021, how many did you read?
0: Oh, it was around seventy or something like that. Yeah. Seventy interrupted. This on year. Pace. Uh this year I'm a little bit lower. I'm about forty four <laughs> so far this year. So
1: Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, Catch us up on your life, where you are in leadership, uh, some of the new ventures, uh, a lot of podcasts. So catch us up on where you are, Pastor.
0: Man, life is good and enjoying uh, just family, enjoying ministry. Um, I think last time I was on the podcast, uh, we were doing a podcast called The Lively Last Podcast. My wife and I were. We've kind of pivoted from that. And for the last uh, year or so, we've been doing a new podcast called The Art of Spousing, and it's all about how to take your marriage from mundane to masterpiece level, Love. and um, so we've we've really loved doing that. It's a little bit different format than our last podcast, where Live Lead Last was all interview based. Uh, this is uh, a little bit of both. So my wife Lisa and I we do some content uh, twice a month, and then uh, now two times a month we're um, doing some interviews with other couples. Uh, Specifically around the dynamics of the Enneagram in marriage. And um, that's great. You know, we really believe that the more aware you are of yourself, uh, the better that you can um, be aware as a couple and have health and strength in your marriage. So, doing that, I'm also uh, hosting a new podcast for the church called the Nexus Podcast, which is all about leadership, ministry leadership. And uh, we're um, interviewing some great uh, leaders inside the church and outside the church friends of the house and so that's been a lot of fun and uh, we're finishing up season two of that and looking forward to what season three has to offer
1: that's incredible so you traded out one podcast for two for two podcasts podcasts. yeah
0: that's a it's quite the trade yeah I, i love this medium i mean i love what you guys are doing with young and adulting um it's a great way to get uh Pieces of content and, and bite-sized pieces for people to have and they can listen to in their car or while they're exercising and so forth. But getting a lot of different thinkers, a lot of different voices, a lot of different concepts, uh, you know, is is so powerful for people who want to grow. And I think podcasting is here to stay. And um, so you guys being committed to it and faithful to it on a regular basis is making a real difference. And you know, uh, we're cheering you on. Well, thank you. And we've been blessed by your podcast,
1: Art of Spouse and Kalisa and I love it. Awesome. And then Nexus getting to to level up in our leadership. But yeah. I love to hear your answer to this question. It's been two years. Yeah. A lot has changed in the world. A lot has changed in your life, more podcasts, more mm-hmm. opportunities. Uh, that word productivity or yeah. time management, ha- has any paradigms, have any paradigms changed in those realms for you? What have you learned Tell me about it.
0: Yeah, I think um, like everybody coming out of, you know, the season of COVID and it feels like everybody says that the during the COVID season or the pandemic, I think a lot of things changed for people. I think for myself, you know, even looking at what productivity means and how, it, uh, how I am productive, how I, I try to use my time has changed. I think, you know, many people found during lockdowns and so forth that you know there was a blessing because you were able to be productive but then it was hard to turn it off right you know, it was hard to find margin because you know where um, you may have had meetings had to go someplace for me now you could have meetings all day long in your pajamas and you know um, and it, it you know I found it was hard to disconnect and so very productive but I don't know that being productive is always a positive thing if there's not balance to it, and so I think that was one of the big things for me was just, no, learning how to be efficient and effective, but not driven um, to, um, you know, to the point of exhaustion, and you know, I, I know for myself coming out of um, that season, I found um, I was you know like many people um, more tired or fatigued. Um, because there was so much opportunity to work hard and be productive and so forth, and maybe less opportunity to kind of disconnect and find recreation. And so I think, um, you know, although I still am very, try to be very productive, I think, um, you know, I'm I'm probably a little bit more balanced now in the way that I manage my life um, just coming out of that. just I think, you know, for all of society, just trying to recover a little bit still and, I think going into a new year, I think is uh, is exciting. I think it's different than going into 2022, mm-hmm. where everybody's was like, "Oh man," you know, you're trying to come back to life. But so, yeah, I think it's changed a little bit.
1: That's that's fantastic. Uh, last time you were with us, talked about the Eisenhower Matrix of how to make decisions. Can yeah. you give us an overview of that? And then I want to ask a question about it.
0: Yeah. So um, the Eisenhower Matrix kind of made famous by Stephen Covey on uh, the four quadrants, and um, it's a great tool for uh, determining priorities, uh, setting boundaries. Um, it's basically built on the idea of two words: important and urgent. And mm-hmm. so, you know, if if you if you have a four quadrant kind of box in the top left hand corner are things that are important and urgent. And those things are, are, are time-bound, they have deadlines, they're, they have to be done, right? Right below that in the bottom uh, left-hand corner it would be things that are urgent, but they're not important. And those would be things that are um, usually other people's priorities. They're not things that are, uh, they're not important to you, but they're, uh, they're urgent for somebody else. And then in the top right-hand corner would be the things that are um, uh, important, but they're not urgent. They, um, they are uh, things that a, a lot of times when we're trying to be productive, actually are the things we neglect, And but they're the mm. most important things because they have long-term significance for most of those areas. And love to talk a little bit more about that today. But And then the bottom right-hand side would be things that aren't important and aren't urgent. And a lot of those things are either recreational things or um, time wasters. And so um, I think uh, using that, Uh, eisenhower matrix as a as a lens to the uh i think in you know when we talked about this before i talked about things that you must do that's that top left hand corner you could do the bottom left hand corner you should do which is the top right hand corner and then the bottom corner is the things you should not do
1: that's that's great i find myself in a place where often i have multiple things that are important Mm -hmm. and urgent yeah, and so it's hard to to figure out what to do, how yeah. to prioritize. And I guess the answer is to just keep on applying the matrix further and further until you get something. But how yeah. do you how do you prioritize? Uh, we could talk about work, but how do you prioritize like the holistic approach to life? Of there are things that are urgent and important that mm-hmm. sometimes clash. Yeah. So family.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, again, Steve McCovey would talk about the tyranny of the urgency of the urgent you know so like the urgent becomes the driving force for a lot we have to do it's the fires we have to put out it's the things that press on us it's you know um in the podcasting world it's the pressure of knowing i have to record and edit a podcast every week it's there's a timeline and so that those things add up pressure in our life um you know those things are are harder to um to, you can't just put those aside because they have to be done, right? Right. A lot of times, our job depends upon it. Mm-hmm. Um, our relationships depend upon it. Um, our income, whatever that is, and so those things you you really have to figure out some systems to manage those things that are the the must do's, right? And um, I think sometimes you know what I find with leaders is they don't have a good system to actually manage the things that they have to take care of. And so they end up kind of running around with their their hair on fire, trying to get everything out instead of actually having the way to kind of go, I know what needs to be done, when it needs to be done, and I'm going to do it in the right time that I've set aside and planned to do it. And because of poor planning um, in the other areas, a lot of times people end up spending a lot of their time on things that they could do and you know a lot of times those things are things are are easy for us to do you know it's it doesn't take a lot of work or a lot of energy Um, a lot of times the could do things especially if we're leading other people Mm -hmm. are in our sweet spot and uh, we'd rather be doing those things because they distract us from the things that we really must do wow and then um unfortunately you know it's so easy to spend a lot of time doing things we that are just time wasters you know it's Uh, You know, it's a cliche to go home and, you know, veg out on Netflix or, Mm -hmm. you know, the binge on a, you know, something on Amazon or whatever, um, or to, you know, uh, maybe a younger crowd, some older crowd to, you know, just binge on playing video games all night, you know, or all day. (laughs) So those things, I think, um, take away from the system because we don't have a system for the things that we must do those other things impede our our time and it makes us feel stressed, tense, overwhelmed because we know we have all this stuff that we have to do. And again, a lot of stuff we have to do is the stuff that we don't want to do. Like it's, right. you know, it, it's stuff that doesn't bring us joy. It's stuff that doesn't like fulfill us. It's just the, the, the mess of life, you know? Absolutely.
1: Uh, some of the systems that you use, I know you're big on calendar. Yeah, um, what makes it into your calendar, and how do you decide what makes it into your calendar?
0: Well, wow, that's a that's a good question. I think um, there's there's a couple things I would say about what goes in my calendar. Um, part of the 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 question, the decision matrix for me is um, about vision of where I'm going and what I'm trying to become. Wow, okay. and um, so the things that are going to take my time. Uh, first of all, have to fit within the vision of um, where I feel like God is leading me, or um, the person I want to be. Um, so that's that's one of that's one of the, the things that fit in my calendar. The other things that obviously fit my calendar are the you know the things that I have to do that the meetings the you know the administrative stuff that i have to do for my my world what in my whole life not just you know church world but you know doing podcast or setting up interviews or whatever i have to schedule that stuff in or it won't happen so you know i i use that matrix and I kind of go okay what are the things i must do you know and i kind of look at the calendar from a holistic perspective i I don't look at just like a week at a time, usually, you know, um, at the beginning of the year, you know, we're, um, coming to the end of the year, I'll sit down for a week or so and I'll start mapping out the entire 2023 and, um, you know, the, um, the whole idea of of putting the big rocks and those big priorities, Mm -hmm. you know, vacations, you know, um, Conferences, stuff that I know I'm going to be doing in 2023, I'll I'll map all that stuff out for the entire year, and um, then I will put in my, you know, my plan for my responsibilities, whether that's meetings with the team or, um, you know, whatever those things are, I'll I'll put those in each week, and then I'll just kind of map it out. And and then what I do, I'll do is each month, I will um, do a review of the coming month. So in January um, you know, probably mid January, I'll do a review for the month of February and I'll readjust any commitments that, um, are not, um, still, um, happening or priorities have changed or meeting structures have changed. And, um, then weekly I will, um, I'll look at the week ahead. And, um, I have a system that I use of just kind of preview or reviewing the week behind Mm -hmm. and previewing the week ahead. And so, um, you know, usually on Thursday afternoon, um, you know, Friday's my da- day off, and so Thursday afternoon before I leave, I'll, I'll look back and make sure that if there's anything I need to close up before I end the work week, and anything that I, that I need to preview for the next week to make sure that I'm ready for. And then typically what I do is is on Thursday, I, um, I block out, um, you know, uh, my calendar of any open space. Um, so... You know, that's a whole nother It's a whole nother discussion on your calendar being like your bank. You know, you don't just leave a, an open safe. You know, with all your money at the bank, you keep it locked up, and you have uh, permission to, to get into your account or other people get in your account. Right. And I think it's the same thing with your calendar. You know. So again, I'm I'm speaking from a, a situation where we're in an office setting where people have access to my calendar and so forth. Mm-hmm. Maybe be different for listeners who. May not be in that situation where they're just keeping you know their their life in the calendar or whatever. But yeah, they can still say no to an yep, invite. Exactly. Say this is the time where I need to
1: review and, and preview. Uh, I love what you said about vision, mm-hmm. and I want to talk about that for a second because we are in a phase of life as young adults, and it doesn't matter if you're a college student or you're raising some kids right now. You're still a young adult, yeah. and we can get caught in the next. And we talk about this all the time. Yeah. Here. As soon as you graduate high school, college, yep. college, career, career. I mean, it keeps on going and going. Yeah. And then in the grind of a career or or in a relationship, you name it, there's always pressure to even think a week out, a month out, even think of the next year. Yeah. But you make time in your calendar based on the values of the vision that you have for your life. Yeah. So uh, how do we uh, – we're talking about time management – and in order to manage our time, we need to know how to. Mm-hmm. So we need that vision. How did that happen in your life?
0: Um, yeah. I mean, I think on the last episode, I shared a little bit about my leadership journey and some lessons I learned um, You know, several years ago about being responsible for my own development. Right. Um, that, um, you know, I can't expect my boss or, you know, whoever, my parents or whoever to— um, develop me as a individual or as a leader. Um, I had to take responsibility for that. And so I think that's kind of where it began to kind of go, okay, well, where do I want to be? You know, I think, um, one of the questions that we ask a lot is like, what do you really want? Mm-hmm. Like, what is it that you really want? If you were to, um, look, project out to the, to three to five years, what do you want to be doing? What do you want your life to look like? Who who do you want to be around? What does it look like? What does it feel like? And, um, you know, I've I've just kind of gotten to a discipline of living kind of with a five-year mindset of, not that I know what five years is actually going to be, but preparing for what that could be. And so, um, you know, one of the the things about my leadership journey here at Christ Fellowship is, um, uh, you know, I've never— um, I've never been transitioned out of a role. Like I've never mm-hmm. been asked to step from one role to the other role. I've always transitioned myself out of a role. Okay. And um and so what I mean by that is, um is I've always kind of, for the last several years, lived with this mindset of kind of going, I, I don't want to think that the seat I'm sitting in right now in my leadership world or in, in life is what I'm going to be doing five years from now. So I've I've kind of always tried to prepare myself for what's next and when the opportunity or a need arises to be able to step into that and say, Hey, I think I can fill that need instead of waiting till, um, asked or, um, you know, somebody else comes along that's younger, faster, smarter than me that moves me out of my role. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? And so I think, um, in my count, in my, you know, productivity, calendaring, time management side, um, one of the things I had to decide is where do I prioritize the investment in myself to get to wherever that next step that God has for me. And um, I don't want to wait until I get there to um, try to prepare for it. I want to be preparing myself um, along the way. You know, the Bible says that those who are trusted with little can be trusted with much. And so, um, I know God has entrusted all of us with the same amount of time, 168 hours a week, right? So I want to be entrusted with the time that I have to do what I can on my part to prepare myself, Holy Spirit directing, whatever that is. And so um, if you go back to what you started with, the Eisenhower matrix, if you go to that top corner, the the should do things, the things that are important, but they're not urgent, Those, that's really the area usually that uh, for me that I find... Is the development space, okay? Um, you know, because that's where all the 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 significance actually happens in our life. Um, the things that that brings that that help us grow, the things that um, make us better, don't happen necessarily in the must do or the could do space. They definitely don't happen in the should not do space. Playing video games all day is not going to develop you. Bad choice. Now, there are a few people who make hundreds of thousands of dollars playing video games. I'm probably not going to be one of them. If you're listening, you're probably not one of them either. (laughs) Um, You know, there's only so many influencers on TikTok, you know, so much, you know, so those things aren't really going to propel you to your future. Uh, What's going to propel you to your future is doing things that are going to bring significance and growth and um, development in your life. And so, what I had to do was I had to figure out in the mess of my calendar the things that I must do. Where do I find the times for the things I should do? Things like um, growing in my relationship with God. You know, um, capturing my thoughts and journaling. Things like exercise, um, reading. You know, the the reason I can read so many books is because I have a discipline that I've created time, because reading is a should do. That's why, you know, I think I said last time that the average American reads one book a year because it's, um, but if you look at the benefits of reading and that's another podcast, but the benefits of it are so astronomical, what it does to a person's life, just to read on a consistent basis, but it's a should do thing. and, And people don't do it because they don't feel like they have time to do it. And so they put it off just like exercising. If you you know don't have time to exercise, it's okay if you don't do it for a couple of days or a couple of weeks. If you don't exercise for years, someday you're going to wake up and your body's going to be t- deteriorated. You're going to age before you're ready to age. And, and I'm getting older, I, I get this. Um, you know, If you don't eat well, you're going to suffer the consequences, not, maybe not immediately because it's not urgent, but ultimately you're going to feel the effects of that in the same way, if you're not developing, spending time in that should do area, and things that are going to grow you as a leader, as an individual, as a as a human, as a, a fellow, you know, um, person walking the planet, loving on people, um, then it's not going to happen. So you got to. Right. F- it's not going to happen in your must dos. So for me, I had to um, to find some other time to do that, and. The reality is, I don't have any more time than you do, Lewis, or anybody else. But um, I just, I, I did learn some things of how to um, actually get more time. That's incredible. So I, I know you have just as much time
1: as the rest of us. Mm-hmm. But how have you been able to create? I mean, you're able to to create
0: time somehow. What's yeah.
1: something that you've done to get yourself to do what you need to do?
0: Yeah. So um, on average, you know. I would say I have seven, anywhere from seven to twenty-one hours a week more than the average Joe. And okay, so, how did that happen? Yeah, so you know the the thing is that I'm I'm building my life while most people are sleeping, and uh-huh. um, you know uh, science says that um, you know you need seven to eight seven to eight hours of sleep a day. To, you know, be healthy, um, you know, less than that on a consistent basis leads to like sleep, sleep deprivation and can have health issues. But um, what I found was for those things that were going to help me in my career, in my um, relationships, the things that were going to help me be a better person um, had to happen um, in hours that other people couldn't interrupt me. And so um, there was. there's several books I've read, you know, The Miracle Morning, um, The 5 a.m. Club, which was a fun book. But um, I, I just decided several years ago I was going to become a member of The 5 a.m. Club. All and, right. Tell us about it. Basically what that means is every day I get up at 5 a.m. And I don't just get up and just kind of meander around. I, I get up at 5 a.m. and I start my day. And I think, um, you know, uh, even just a little survey in this room, you know, looks like it's like 6.30-ish is like the average time of getting up. So if you figure, you know, an hour and a half to two hours extra I'm getting each morning, building into myself that other people are basically sleeping away. And, you know, the thing about time is, you know, once it's gone, it's gone. So, you know, sleep is great, but... How much sleep do you need? So if if I go to bed at you know ten o'clock at night, I can get up at five a.m. and um, while other people are sleeping, I'm beginning to build my, into myself. So that's where I do my the things that are going to propel my future. So every morning I get up, grab a cup of coffee because you need some caffeine at five a.m. I can imagine. Um, yep. But you know I, I I go straight to scripture and spend a little mm-hmm. time in, in the Word and prayer. I journal each day. It's not a lot, but um, I, I have a five, five-year five journal, so I can—each each page has um, a day, um, the same day for five years. And so I review what happened in the last—I'm on year four of that, so I review the last three years, and then I write just a little reflection of what happened the day before and what my plans are for the day. Um, and then I read, and I'll read— um, about twenty pages of one or two books, and um, you know, by that time, you know, um, you know, my wife's usually up. We'll spend a little time connecting, so that's that relational time that's important. And then I, um, I get on my bike and I exercise. And so by usually by a quarter till eight, eight o'clock, I've I've invested in myself spiritually. I've invested in myself mentally, and I've invested in myself physically. Wow! And then I've also had relational time with with my wife. And so, um, when you compound that, again, uh, I shared this book last time—the compound effect. But when you compound those small choices, those two hours a day, you know, that's um, you know, fourteen hours a week if somebody gets up at you know seven or six thirty, um, you know. It, over the years, I'm able to actually do a lot of investment in myself that a lot of people have to find other time to do and so i it's not like it's I'm superman or anything. I've just made a decision to prioritize um, developing myself in in a way that is not going to be interrupted. The other thing I do too, and this is um I think a, a lot of times what happens with um, the you know tyranny of the urgent is a lot of people will get up in the morning and the first thing they'll do is they'll scroll through social mm-hmm. or they'll check their email. And I don't check my email until I come into the office. And the reason I the reason I do that is because uh, – the reason I don't check my email is because I don't want somebody else's priorities. Their, their things are urgent to interrupt my priorities. And so once I open up my email and I start seeing something that somebody sent me from the night before or whatever, then – already mentally I'm, um, I've been hijacked and I, I want that time prioritized for myself. So it's not just about my calendar of guarding time, but it's also about the decision that I'm not going to allow somebody else to, to steal the time. So that, that's probably been the biggest game changer for me is, um, you know, I don't read, um, you know, I'll I'll listen to audio books in the car, but I don't, I don't Listen to bike, books on my bike or anything. I, I use that for thinking time. And, um, you know, basically I, this year, you know, I'll, I'll end up reading about 55 books. And the only time I really do it is between that 5 and 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. period of time, you know. And 5 a.m. club. Yeah, the 5 a.m. club. Well, yeah, we need to,
1: we need to join that. Yeah. We, we need to get some people rally behind 5 a.m. Yeah. I've got this, this idea that I came across by Timothy Ferris. And and here's a quote. It says, never automate something that could be eliminated and never delegate something that could be automated. And this idea of automation mm-hmm. um, to save time, to achieve peak time management, what are some things that you've automated in your life?
0: Yeah, so obviously, you know, um, from where I am now in leadership com from where I started, there's things I don't have to do now that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe somebody who's starting out in their career and I get that. Like, um, so, um, so like even some of the response to emails and so forth, I, I don't necessarily have to do that. I have found some, um, some tools like uh, um, I want to, I'm probably going to call it the wrong name, but it's called uh, Sane, Sane Box. I think that's what it's called, but it, it filters out, all junk mail great and um and it not just junk mail but it also filters out like advertisements. so it puts them in separate things so i can go back and review them if i want to or it just takes it out of my inbox and so setting up some uh, using something like that tool or just setting up some some rules in your email inbox that are going to filter out junk um you know there's some tools like unrule unrule is that i think unrule me um, that bas- basically you can use it and it will go through your inbox and it'll basically unenroll you from, unsubscribe oh, you from I need that. all sorts of stuff. So there's some of that stuff that's just like that's automated. Um, you know, I-, I think anything, you know, as, as we, you know, early on in our marriage, we couldn't do this because, you know, we were dirt poor. But as we've b- been able to have a little more resource, the things that um, we don't have to do, uh, we we don't do like, I remember how big of a deal it was when we found we were able to hire somebody to do our yard. You know, um, I like doing the yard, but um, and I would still do it, but just the time and energy. So I think those are kind of probably things that Tim right. Ferris is saying. You know, in in the business world, there's a lot of people who are using like um, virtual assistants and so forth to uh, kind of um, take care of a lot of the, the administrative stuff that, that would be kind of that automating or, or delegating types of things, but. You know, for me, um, the funny thing for me is as I've the last couple of years, I've gotten less digital and more analog.
1: Okay, interesting.
0: Yeah, and so like um, uh, even with like book reading, I'm, I'm I tr- I've tried to go like Kindle or something, but I'm, I'm totally analog on that. I've I've really enjoyed the process of of going back to writing. I'm, I don't like my penmanship, but just the um, so I, I think there. I think because we're so inundated by digital tools and automation and so forth, which are great, I do think there's something about analog to them. Kind of digging.
1: That's interesting. My next question was going to be: What are the what are the tips? What are the tricks? You have gave us a few apps, but mm-hmm. maybe you're not using a ton of apps and you're all analog. Do you have anything that could help us practically manage our time?
0: Um, yeah, I, I think there's some some um, a couple concepts that. Might be helpful. You know, one of the things that um, that has been proven is that when uh, people become more successful, or they're they're moving up in their career, or or uh, you know leveling up in their success, um, you know they they measure time differently, and so it, it's easy. And even on like calendar apps and so forth, it's um, the default is 30 minutes or 60 minutes, an hour or 30 minutes. Um, but um, highly successful people actually measure time by minutes and instead of by hours. And so one of the things that I started doing several years ago was just um, measuring more in minutes and compressing time. I, I, I teach this idea of compress to progress. And so like if things don't just go to the default – If, you know, if you have a meeting and uh, don't just think, hey, I'm going to schedule a 30-minute meeting. Well, if you don't need 30 minutes for that meeting, why don't you just schedule it for 20 minutes or 15 minutes? Or don't give it an hour if it only takes, you know, 40 minutes. Um, The reality is, you know, if if you do a lot of meetings, you're in a lot of meetings, or you call a lot of meetings, um, you would probably, you know, agree that there's probably a good percentage of that meeting that is wasted time. You know that is um it's just fluff or just talking and conversation, so you know there's times for relational stuff, it's not like you have to be robotic or militant about it, but if you're if you're working, get to the work done and and um you know so compress the progress and I think along with that a a, a great uh, principle that I learned several years ago that I love talking about is parkinson's law and okay. um. Basically, Parkinson's law says that uh, work expands to the time allotted to it. And so um, if there's any procrastinators out there, they're going to understand this. So if um, if you have a project and um, you think it's going to take three weeks to do it, it'll take three weeks to do it. Um, if the deadline is in three weeks, you'll most likely take all three weeks. But if you give yourself a week to do it, Parkinson's law says that that you can get that done in a week. That w- that wow. work expands to the time allotted. So something that should only take a couple hours can sometimes take two or three days because we've expanded. it. We've allotted our time to it. So um, really compressing time and kind of going, hey, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let this linger for a month or five days or whatever. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna set time on my calendar and I'm gonna nail out this project in the next two or three hours. Um, that's just another way to, to gain back some time because it's not so much that you're doing all that stuff for that, but it's on your mind and it's it's an it's an open loop in, in your thinking and pressure on mm-hmm. you to complete it. So anytime you can close those loops and finish those things sooner, um, that that's a way to um, you know to kind of steal back some of that time.
1: Yeah. Well, this is this has been fantastic. We've talked about a lot of tips, a lot of tools. Uh, if you could give us one encouragement about why time management is so important, what would it be?
0: Well, I mean, I think the the thing I would go back to is I have this quote that I always go to from A. W. Tozer, and um, he says that time is a resource that is non renewable and non transferable. You can't store it, store it, slow it up, hold it up, divide it up, or give it up. You can't hoard it up or save it up for a rainy day. When it's lost, it's unrecoverable. When you kill time, remember that it has no resurrection. Wow! And and here's the deal. Um, I think the encouragement I would wish somebody would have said to me when I was in my you know early the mid twenties, late twenties is, hey, d- don't don't waste your time. Don't you're not getting it back. Mm-hmm. And I think. Um, You know, when I was younger, um, I didn't have the appreciation for the brevity of time. And now that I'm a little older, um, I have a a lot more appreciation for um, how precious and how valuable time is. And it's I can't go back and get the wasted time or the, the time I goofed off when I should have been doing something else or the time I could have been in my twenties investing in my future. Mm-hmm. A lot of times I, I wonder how much farther I would be along or what what else God could have done in my life if I would have been a, a wiser steward of my time in my twenties um, and you know early 30s. Wow.
1: That is a sobering thought but that is a reality. Yeah. That, that this is a non-renewable resource. And we need to steward what we've been given. You even mentioned the parable of the talents. Yeah. And we have a we have time. Yeah, we, don't have, we do. So we're going to use it and make sure that we can glorify God with the time and the, the body and the energy yeah. and the resource that God has given us. Yeah. Well, if you enjoyed this conversation, don't worry. We are going to load all of this into a one-page summary. It's going to be chalked full of resource, full of tools, full of tips so that we can manage our time. And until next time, we'll see you at the Young and Adulting podcast.
0: Thanks for joining us for this episode of Young and Adulting. Follow us on Instagram at cf.youngadults. And if there's a topic you'd like to talk about, we want to hear about it. Send us an email or leave a comment with your thoughts. We'll see you next time.